Hello, hi, Mzanzi. Nolu Tandengakani here, and I am the head of news at Health from Zanzi, the brand new baby sister of Food from Zanzi. On Health from Zanzi, we explore the often complex relationship between health and food. Joining me on this podcast is my colleague, Sinesi Potom. Hey, Lulu, and to our listeners, welcome to Sisters Without Shame, a no holds barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi. And if you're still scratching your head wondering why this podcast is called Sisters Without Shame, well, you know those secret medical shames you simply cannot share with anyone else? Boo-boo, you do not need to suffer in silence anymore. Every week, we will be your sisters in shame, holding your hand as we unpack your ailments with an expert who has all the right answers to those embarrassing health questions you would not dare ask in public. This podcast is a safe space and there will be no judgment. A lot of surprises always, but absolutely no judgment from us. So if you have suspicious bum pimples, or maybe you can't seem to get rid of chronic BO, no problem. You have turned into the right podcast, Lala. let's get into it with our friend in crisis segment. In every episode, we will listen to a voice note, read a WhatsApp, or email message received from a Health Form Zanzi reader. Remember, your messages are confidential and we will never mention your name unless you want us to. Sine, who is our friend in need this week? Lulu, this week we have an email write-in from Anonza out in Freiburg in the Northwest. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam, you can email us on hello at healthformzansi.co.za. That is H-E-L-L-O at healthformzansi.co.za. Anonza write, hello Sine, hello Lulu. COVID has now changed the world and the medical practices. We are facing a faceless enemy in our country. And some in our rural communities are too hesitant to get vaccinated putting our grandparents at risk. When they need care, they are given the option of telemedicine, but do not know how to navigate the space in most rural areas. Now, Sine, we know that the COVID-19 pandemic has left not only patients with unanswered questions, but also healthcare practitioners. With a quick Google search, I found out that the Health Professions Council of South Africa introduced guidelines regulating the practice of telemedicine in 2014. And this was aimed at regulating delivery of healthcare services at a distance to South African communities in underserviced areas. Lulu, if anything, I think that COVID-19 has highlighted the necessity of having a viable telemedicine regime as a safety net to ensure continued access to healthcare services whilst maximizing social distancing. But I can't help but wonder how the method of telemedicine works in the rural context, Lulu. Our expert this week is here to frame telemedicine in the rural context for us. She is Dr. Difuro Masimola, and she is a clinician in Gauteng. For people who don't really know, I actually had a chat last week with a doctor who said that, you know, while we have the thingy, we do have telemedicine in place, but like we don't have enough, like, you know, um, resources to, you know, like kind of enforce it, but like, you know, what then is telemedicine? Can you conceptualize it for us? 
I think in my own understanding, telemedicine is a virtual way of consulting with patients. Basically, the doctor will be on the other side. They will not be physically in the same space and the patient will be on the other end, depending on on the situation. And you will consult like you do when you consult with a patient, but obviously the patient will not be in your physical space, but you will be able to deal with their problem, try and solve their problem. Obviously, examination is going to be an issue, but you can offer management if you need to refer a patient or give them advice you're also able to do so. I think that's my understanding of telemedicine. Has telemedicine risen to fill the void created by the dearth of medical personnel in rural communities, or is it business as usual? My response is based on observation and experience. I think as far as telemedicine is concerned, I don't think it has been in the public sector as yet. We do have what I can term a small percentage of telemedicine in the sense that We are still able to consult. We are still able to offer advice and treat patients, even if they are far in the public space. But as far as your question is concerned with, especially with the rural areas, I think it's something far-fetched. It has not arrived yet. So we're still looking. I mean, even in the public sector, telemedicine is there, but it's still something that is in its infancy. It's still growing. And I think we need to see more to say we really have telemedicine. Do you think it's like a resource kind of issue or where does it stem from? Or do they not care enough to, you know, kind of pool resources to be able to make it like a reality, you know, especially the rural health? When you say they, who are you referring to? Oh, the powers that be, which is government. (laughs) (laughs) I work in the public space and I work in a city. But much as I'm in a city, you feel like you're in a rural setting because we don't have the resources that we're supposed to be having. Something simple like Wi-Fi is not available. When you do have virtual meetings or anything that needs technology, you have to use your own. So you use your own phone, you use your own data. So something as big that has got a wider coverage like telemedicine, you really need serious political will in terms of changing the infrastructure and making sure that far rural places are resourced. But as I'm talking to you now, I think, We are decades away from where we are supposed to be. What would the challenges then be, you know, as a doctor in rural health who is not able to use the option of telemedicine then in the rural communities? If I may answer you correctly, it's multifactorial in the sense that doctor or the clinician will suffer because some of the things that you really want to do will be hindered. By the mere fact that you don't have simple resources like a telephone line, you do not have a Wi-Fi Simple things like fixing. I'll give you a life example of actually what transpired today. We had a patient that was initially seen in the city, but then asked for a transfer into rural Limpopo. So this patient was seen uh, treated for plus minus 10 months, but then came back and he was not feeling well. So he came to the clinic with no letter. He doesn't have any knowledge of what he was drinking in terms of medication. He only knows the color of the medication and what is written on the tablet. He just said, I'm drinking a 147 tablet. So that on its own, it's a challenge to me as a clinician because you sort of make up stories in your mind to think what is the patient taking, what happened to the patient and so on. Now, the second step to the challenge that I had was any patient that has got uh, infectious diseases, I'm talking about TB, HIV, along those lines. 
there is a software that is uh, covered in the whole South Africa. It doesn't matter which corner of South Africa you were treated. If we go into the software, we are able to actually trace and it will give us information as to what you were, you were taking and what you've been treated for. But now the second challenge is in the very clinic where I am, it's very difficult to find the landline. We actually tried the landline for some odd reason. We actually thought the number that we're using was wrong, but for some odd reason, the number never went through. But because of time constraints, I decided to use my cell phone. When I used the same number using my cell phone, I went through. So basically, you use your own personal resources to try and help patients. And uh, when we call on the other side, the sister has to retrieve the file, give me the information in the file. They don't have a fax machine. They can't email. They can't scan. There is nothing. So I suggested to them that they must go to page eight, which is the page that I was looking for, take a picture and WhatsApp me back. And that is how we got information because... This patient needed the information to be able to be transferred to another hospital in province. So I'm just giving it as a life experience to say mm. this is what we go through on a daily basis. It sounds like you have to think very quickly on your feet then and just make you with what you yeah, have. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it, it's your pocket because with you wanting things to be done as quickly as you want, you end up using your own resources. I used my phone, I used my airtime, mm. you use your own data, it's not going to be reinvested by anybody. In terms of the benefits of telemedicine, if you can tell us. The benefits is you'll have a wider coverage compared to what you normally have. COVID has taught us that patients being confined to a space, meaning you have to go to the clinic to get the help or the treatment that you want, is actually working against patients because Many factors that affect their movement, the fear of getting COVID, the fear of going to the facility. Sometimes it's money in terms of transportation to take them to the facility. It makes patients to default on their treatment. So if a patient, for instance, has to catch a local taxi that costs uh, 18 rents, which is going to be double the amount for, you know, uh, the double trip, and that is the only money that they have or they don't even have it, they would rather not come to the clinic than come and, and ask for help or, you know, have a refill of their treatment. And that on its own causes either patients to be diagnosed at a very late stage or it causes patients to default on the very treatment that they've been given. And it just becomes a vicious cycle in the sense that the good that we have done prior COVID in terms of putting strategies to make sure that patients don't default, they finish their course of treatment and so on. It falls away because of the very reasons that I just mentioned. Some of the advantages that you've mentioned is I could be sitting in a city like Pretoria or Eguruleni, but I can see patients as far as the Eastern Cape. Because if you think about some of the specialities that we do in terms of patient diagnosis, there is very few people in the country or few clinicians in the country who are clued up as to how to treat multidrug resistant TB. So it's only a few of, of us who do that. And sometimes the very clinicians who are sitting with the patients in the periphery, they could not be sure of what they're doing. And just through something like telemedicine, the patient can be afforded the opportunity to be consulted as remote as they are, but get the correct treatment that they require due to something like telemedicine. It sounds like something that could be really useful then. Very pressurized health system. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Dr. Masimula. 
Remember to check out the detailed article on telemedicine in the rural context on healthformzanzi.co.za. To write to Sisters Without Shame, email hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. That's H-E-L-L-O at healthformzanzi.co.za. You can even shoot us a WhatsApp on 076-132-0454. That's 076-132-0454. Another great episode of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Health Form Zanzi. But as promised, this is a no-holds-barred podcast, and we discuss with the little awkward dilemmas that people deal with daily. Sine, what is the take-home message today? Lulu, I think what stood out for me a lot in our chat with Dr. Masemula is the limitation of telemedicine in our rural communities. Not all of us have access to technology or smart devices. I also find a little unfair that doctors in rural areas also have limited access to resources and this sort hampers on their ability to provide care to patients. And whose responsibility is it to provide resources so that our patients can receive optimal care? It's honestly the lack of accountability for me. We're ending off on an almost somber note because once more we are reminded that we are on our own. That brings us to the end of episode 5 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. From me, Lulu Nakani, And me, Sinesi Potom. Have a great week and remember to show us some love by sharing this podcast with a friend. Mm-hmm.